So last week I received a phone call and the gentleman left a message on my phone and he said, if you want to hear some good news, call me back. Well, I called back real soon because I'm really glad to hear some good news. In the midst, and I appreciate Brother Mark's prayer, and I appreciate Brother Cook's prayer, and I I pray the Lord honors their prayers and blesses the message this morning because they touched on in their prayer some of what the theme of the message would be about today. In the midst of a global pandemic, is there any good news around? In the midst of all of this anxiety with the upcoming election, is it possible that you could ever find any good news? In the midst of looking at our own situation, there's many that are out of work, lots of folks out of work, and many that don't have money to pay their rent or some of the expenses that they need. There are many that are facing health issues. There's a lot of, we were not able to go to the scheduled meeting in New York this past week and and, and had to cancel the meeting. We understand that in many areas of the country, there's an uptick, a large uptick in just crime and violence. And there may be even more of that that comes. So in the midst of all of this, is there any good news? Well, if the Lord would bless us and it's not to take away from the election, please pray. Please beg God, please go and vote and ask God to intervene. Please pray as Brother Mark did about the pandemic that God might intervene and overrule. I mean, as quick as it came, it could even go away much quicker than that if the Lord sovereignly decides to eliminate it. It certainly could. It certainly could. But for a little while this morning... I want to just share with you some good news. I tell you, it made it it made me perk up when I heard I'd been sort of down, been a little bit discouraged. And when this individual said, if you want to hear some good news, give me a call. So much of the news that I get is not good news. If there's a problem, I get a call and I'm not. Maybe I am complaining about it. Don't mean to. But sometimes it's nice just to get some good news. And I pray that God will bless us to glean this morning from some good news. Now I'm going to give you a resource, several, for you to go and find some good news that will help you if you're not able to come to church or you're not able to call your pastor or your deacon or someone to get some good news, I'm going to tell you some resources that you have available to you to go and get some good news. I thought, is there any good news in the Bible? And I tell you what, the Bible is loaded with good news. And I found that the book of Psalms is just loaded with good news. 
Now, it's not because everything was going well and smooth and easy for the authors. In fact, David wrote most of the Psalms and David had it hard. I think I can probably say that David's experience was much more difficult than any of us here. I mean, King Saul was after his life. His own son, you may have children that maybe don't agree with you or disagree with you, but his own son was attempting to kill him. And it looked like when he looked around that everything was against him. So how is it that somebody that has everything against them could possibly bring out some good news? So you can go over to the book of Psalms and you can find some really good news throughout the book of Psalms because it's loaded with good news. Another place that you can find some good news, you can run over to Job. Now, you may be saying, Job's not a great example of good news. Job lost his health. Job lost his resources. Job lost his family. Even his wife, the support of his wife, he lost that as well. And Job lost all kinds of things. And as you go through and you look at the experience of Job, Job is spending the first 37 chapters Lamenting that he didn't feel like he really had been dealt a fair hand. That he, he really didn't feel like that things were going the way they ought to be going for him. You ever think that way when bad things happen? They say used to say there was a book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Well, you know, really, it's it ought to be when good things happen to bad people. Because all of us are bad. And if you want to know just how bad, then Job highlights it. Uh, the psalmist highlights it. Paul highlights it in Romans. If you want to just know that we're really not deserving of all of these blessings, Job spent the first 38 chapters building his case before the Lord. And he, he thought that he shouldn't have had all of those terrible experiences. And then he had two friends. And the Lord said toward the end, they really weren't friends at all. Because Job, they really didn't give you good advice. His friends didn't give him good advice. And the Lord rebuked them toward the end. But Job was going through and he was lamenting his case. And then in about the 38th or 39th chapter, all of a sudden Job had said, I, I think I'd kind of like an audience with the Lord. I'd like to be able to defend my case with the Lord. And then all of a sudden the Lord gave him that audience. And the Lord starts out and he says, Job, and you can go through and read it yourself in chapter 38, chapter 39, in chapter 40. And the Lord confronts Job and says, okay, Job. He says, you gird up your loins like a man. I want you to stand before me. You want to state your case and I want you to state your case like a man. You stand before me like a man. And I want to ask you a few things, Job. Job, where were you? When I formed the heavens and the earth. 
Job, where were you when I flung the stars out into space? Job, where were you when I created these mountains? Job, where were you when I opened up the floodgates and created the oceans and the rivers? He says, where were you, Job, when all these things were created? Who do you think you are to question me? You can go through and read all of uh, the experience of Job and you can see how God gives him that audience. Let's start with Psalm 46. Here's as I begin to read and look for some good news. I found not only good news, but I found some great news. I talked to Brother Mike Rogers this morning and he said, he said, with all the stuff that's going on, he said this morning, he said, I'm going to encourage the folks if the Lord would bless about preaching about the sovereignty of God. Now, I appreciated Brother Cook mentioning in his prayer about our salvation. And God sovereignly chooses us and he sovereignly saves us. And he did it completely by himself and wholly by himself. And he redeemed us. God is in charge of our salvation completely. But did you know that God is in charge? God is in charge of everything else. There are not things that are out of God's control. God is sovereign and God has all control. Now, can you think of anybody else that you would want to be in control other than God? So let's look at some Psalms that might give you some encouragement. Psalm 46. God is our refuge. Well, we need a refuge. We need a place of safety. We need a place that we can feel protection and comfort and shelter from all the chaos that's going on around us. And he tells us right here that God is our refuge. He says, God is our refuge and God is our strength. You ever get weary? You ever get tired? You ever want to pitch in the towel? Even the thought goes through my mind sometimes. When is this ever going to end? I don't know if, if I can continue on. And I know that I can't in my own strength. But I shouldn't be leaning on my strength. I should be leaning on the strength of the Lord. And you know, I'm glad it's written in these Psalms over and over and again, because I need to hear it more than just one time. I need to hear it over and over and over again. That God's my refuge and God is my strength. He said, and, and, and here's another one right here for you right now. He said, and God is a very present help in time of trouble. Anybody experiencing trouble? You may not be personally, but you don't have to look very far to look around you and see that trouble is all around. But he says, God is your very present help. I like that. 
It doesn't just mean that you sign up to get help down the, the way or help down the road. But God is our present help right now today. Now, that's encouraging to me. The problems I have are today and I need God's help today. And the psalmist said, God is our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, as a result, as a result, he says, therefore, we will. He says, therefore, will not we fear? And then he begins to give us some comparisons right there. He says, we will not fear. Will not we fear? He says, though the earth be removed. Now, I've heard of some pretty major earthquakes that have happened. And I've heard where the earth was 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 shaken up and how that it shook those that experienced it and those that were around of all places. Can you imagine they had an earthquake down in North Carolina? I mean, a couple of them, but the people that experienced it, they were unsettled and they uh, had unrest and they had anxiety. And for those that have experienced earthquakes in California and in other places, it brings about a great deal of anxiety. And what he's saying right here, he says, though the earth be removed. And he says, though the mountains be carried into the midst. He says, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. He says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. He says, all those things could happen. The earth could be shaken. The mountains could be moved. He says, the waters thereof be troubled and, 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 and the mountains shake and the swelling thereof. He said, all those things can happen. But he says, we shouldn't fear. We shouldn't be overcome with fear. So I want you for just a little while to take all these things that we're struggling with right now. I don't watch much news because I don't want to get discouraged and I really don't have time to do it. I can think of more valuable ways to spend my time, but I don't hear it's It's very, very rare that you hear any good news. But for the Christian, we can, by God's grace and his word, we can put things in perspective. We're able to put things in perspective. You look at all that you're experiencing right now, all that you're troubled about, all the anxiety that's going on around you. You look at all of that right now and you put it in perspective to these things right here. The earth being removed, the mountains being carried into the midst of the sea, the troubled waters that are roaring. He says, look at all of that. And you compare your experience and your situation and your trouble to that. And all of a sudden, it's put in perspective. And he says, even if those things happen, he says, we're not going to fear. Why? He says, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high. He says, and God is in the midst of her. Now, the holy place can be referred to as the house of the Lord, where the Lord dwells. He says, God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. Did you know that the Lord established his church? And he says that in Matthew, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
That means the pandemic. That means the election. That means the political parties. There may be opposition. There may be anxieties. But they're not the ones that are the author of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the author of the church. And it's his church. And he'll preserve his church. He says... He says, God is in the midst of her. And he says, and she shall not be moved. I mentioned this last week, and, and I really believe, I, I, I don't know, and I don't, I don't think anybody here knows the outcome of the election. You know, Brother Mike was mentioning this morning, that Queen Elizabeth has been reigning uh, uh, for, uh, since the mid-1950s, and, and she's seen a whole lot of presidents come and go. And he said, even the queen couldn't tell us. Who's going to win the election? But he said, you know, there's one source that knows. And that's God. And God's seen a whole lot. And he said, you know, God even knows who's going to win 40 years from now. God is sovereign. He says right here. God is in the midst of her and she'll not be moved and God shall help her and that right early. Well, that's good news to know. That no matter what happens in our life, we experience pandemics, we experience health problems, we experience difficulties along the way, that God himself does not change. This was the thought that I dropped that I meant to remind you. I mentioned it, I believe, last week. That sometimes God allows us to go through difficult times, through troubled times, through difficulties to bring us to a closer dependence upon Him. And sometimes during the most difficult and trying times, at least historically speaking, that during those difficult times, the church of Jesus Christ shines the brightest. Think about it. If we have good news, if we really do, and we can find good news in God's Word, isn't that something that a lot of people are missing right now? If if it's true that God's in charge, that God's our refuge, that God is our strength, that God is our fortress... Isn't that something that would help a whole lot of people that don't have that? We may be, we may not escape persecution, but we may witness and experience an explosive growth in the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because people may find that that is the only place that they can go to find some good news. And some help. Brother Harvey, wouldn't you rejoice if the floodgates opened at Columbia and the Lord just filled that little house down there? Brother Harvey just keeps on plugging away just faithfully. Sometimes Sister Tammy's there. Sometimes her daughter's there. Sometimes Brother and Sister Lockins are there. But Brother Harvey's just always there praying that God is going to bless with an ingathering the little church at Columbia. And that's what we're praying right here. And it may be that God allows us to go through difficult times so that the the light of our church may shine brighter and brighter. 
Doesn't mean that we may have the liberties to worship. We may all have to go over to Brother Mark's house, meet in the basement, worship there. We don't know what lies ahead, but we know that God is in charge and that God can allow his church to shine the brightest in difficult times. You know, one of the sweetest meetings that I remember that we had, some of you may have been there, Brother Cook might have been there, Brother Mark, Sister Chrissy may have been there. We had a blizzard and the parking lot was not plowed here at the church and it was raining and... and um, we had black ice underneath the, the snow and, and it was slick and, and, and just a real, real uh, difficult day to get out. And Mike and Peggy Stewart lived here and they said, you know what? We're going to open up our basement. And for those that can't, you couldn't get up the lane here at the church. For those that come, just direct them to our house. And we're going to open up our basement. And they opened up their basement. And I don't know where they came up with all the folding chairs, but they had it set up and it looked just like a church auditorium down there. And we had a tremendous turnout. It filled their basement up and it was interesting. At the time, our oldest member was Sister Polly Edwards. She lived right up the street right here, 94 years old. And it was amazing that a lot of people were, uh, had anxiety about coming but not Sister Polly Edwards. Sister Polly was 94, and there she came up in the midst of a blizzard to meet and worship the Lord. We had a sweet and special meeting, even in the basement of Brother Mike and Sister Peggy Stewart. It was a real blessing. It was. Well, here's some good news. In the midst, God is going to be in her midst and she'll not be moved. And that God is going to help her and he's going to do that right early. He says the heathen raged. You know what? They raged back then and they're raging today. It's not a surprise. We shouldn't be surprised when the heathen rage. He says the heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved and he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Now that's good news. That's not good news. That's great news. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. That's some real good news as well. Come behold the works of the Lord and what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder and he burneth the chariot in fire. And then he gives us two really good uh, verses that are great prescription for us right here that will help us that are not only good verses, they're great verses. He says, be still and know that I am God. He says, just simply stop, stand still, step back, pray to God, look to God, lean on God and just be still. It doesn't mean to do nothing. That's not what it means at all. While you're standing still, you can be praying. You can be meditating upon God. You can be looking to God. You can be asking God for direction and deliverance along the way. But he says, just stand still. And he says, be still and know that I am God. And then he says, I will be exalted among the heathen. Did you know that I don't understand what the outcome is going to be on the pandemic? I don't understand what the election is going to be. I don't understand all those things. But I can tell you that God is ultimately.
ultimately going to be exalted and God is going to show his power. And I hope that when things work out uh, at the very end, that we can look back and we can see that God was in control and that God worked it to his glory and to his praise. Now, don't accuse me of being uh, one that signs up to say that God is the author of our sin. But we don't need any help in sinning. We don't need to sign up and ask God to help us in our sinning. And we can't blame any of our sin upon God whatsoever. If God just withdraws his presence from us just a little bit, not a whole lot, but just a little bit and leads us to ourselves, we're going to go the wrong way, make the wrong decision every single time. And we don't need God to help us in doing that. But God can spare us by his grace and he can have mercy upon us. But God works things out in such a way that he gets the glory and he gets the praise. And it might be leaving us to ourselves, to where we come unto him again, begging him for help and strength and deliverance. Now, here's what he said. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the heathen. He said, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. If you want to write down after a while, I'm going to, I'm going to run through and tell you some Psalms to go home and read. We won't have time to read all of them. I'm just going to touch on a couple more that are really, really, really good. Uh, Psalm 90 is good. Psalm 91 I want to touch on right here. Psalm 91. Last week, Brother Danny and I, after church, had lunch at... Uh, at uh, one of our favorite restaurants, Mamie's in Aberdeen. That's a plug of advertisement for them. They give you free homemade rice pudding. Well, now any old bachelor is going to sign up for that. I mean, it's always really good. Well, the owner is, uh, has become a friend, and uh, while we were there eating, her father walked in. He says he's going to visit us at church, and he's in his mid-80s, and was a minister on the Eastern Shore, and he and his wife were there. And he said, my wife and I have claimed Psalm 91. We're holding to that in the midst of this pestilence. Well, I couldn't wait to go home and read Psalm 91 and get encouraged by the same thing that encouraged him. And here's what it is. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, and this is almost a repeat of Psalm 46, I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, He's my God, and in Him will I trust. That's a repeat of what David says in Psalm 46. He says, and here's where it gets, it's, it's all good, but here's where some really good points to hold to right here. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And I like the next one. And from the noisome pestilence. Interesting. Now, Brother Mike is a scholar in language and writing and all of that I admire folks that have those abilities he can probably interpret it far better than I can but there's a lot of noise going on about this pestilence 
And there's truly, seriously, a pestilence. And certainly it does affect a lot of people in, in a bad way. But he says right here, he's going to deliver us. He's not only going to deliver us from the pestilence. He's going to deliver us from the noisome pestilence. And you can look it up and correct me on the interpretation of it. But the Lord is the Lord is able, as Brother Mark prayed in his prayer, to deliver us. And that's the point that we want to make is that that God is above it. God is above all the things that that we're struggling with, that occupy our mind and occupy our thinking that can almost paralyze us. We can become almost ineffective, becoming so overwhelmed. And he says, he says, the Lord will will deliver us. And he says, he'll cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. He says, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Again, he says in verse six, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Does that say you're not taking seriously the pestilence? Absolutely not. I, I, I take every precaution that I know to take. And if, if somebody makes me aware of it, I'll take another precaution. I take it because I don't want to get it. And I take it because I don't want to give it to you. But ultimately, what I want you to know is that God is over all of it. God is above it. It's not a surprise to God. And just like Brother Mark prayed, God can deliver us from it if God sovereignly chooses to do it. Yes, we ought to be looking for a vaccine or, or, or a, a pill to take. And if, if I get it and there's something offered, I'll certainly take it. But we ought to be more than that, as, as, as was taught in the prayer, we ought to be looking to the Lord. We ought to be saying, Lord, you're our strength. If, if I get it, you're my help in getting over it. You're our help in, in causing this to end. You're the, you're the solution for us, Lord. You are our help. And that's what he's, he's drawing us back to the Lord. And as, as you go throughout the book of Psalms and you look at all the challenges that David experienced right there. David goes over and over again and he says, I'm not I'm not going to escape these things. I'm not escaping the pestilence. I'm not escaping folks after my life. I'm not escaping all these hardships, all of these trials. I'm not escaping all these things. But God is my help in the midst of all of them. And that's some good news. Not going to find that many places or I haven't. If you find it, you send it to me. But. In the house of the Lord, we ought to be able to come to the house of the Lord and hear a bit of good news. And here it is. And it's by somebody that wrote it. Now, they wrote it by the inspiration of God. But the fellow that wrote this, and by the way, the folks that write these songs that we sing that we love so dearly, most of them wrote them out of great hardship and great difficulty. You, you, some of those old songs that we sing when sorrows encompass me round or farewell vain world I'm going home or I am a stranger here below and what I am is hard to know that wasn't written by somebody when they were up on the mountaintop that was written when they were down in the valley and when we sing them we can relate to it 
Our hearts are knitted to to their situation. Well, David is saying, I've experienced all this. But he says, the Lord has been my strength and he's holding me up and he's going to take care of me and he'll deliver me. Um, Just I'm going to give you some Psalms to to write down. If you want to write down Psalm 93, it's really, really good. It also talks about. The strength of the Lord and how that he's he's over all uh, Psalm 94 is is really, really good. Uh, Psalm 102, uh, I'll just touch on a couple of verses in in Psalm 102, Psalm 102. David goes before the Lord and he pleads his petition to the Lord. He says, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I'm in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call. And he says, answer me, answer me speedily, Lord. Would you would you hear me? And then David goes down and he or the psalmist that that wrote this said, my days are consumed like smoke. My bones are burned as an hearth. My heart is smitten, smitten, withered like grass so that I shall forget to eat. Bread. He says, I'm so overwhelmed that 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 I've even I, I, I get so discouraged that I don't even feel like eating. He says, by reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. He says, I'm like a pelican uh, of the wilderness. He says, I'm, I'm lonely. I, I feel like I'm I, I don't have anybody else. He says, I'm like an owl in the desert. Anybody ever experienced that? He says, I watch and I'm like a sparrow alone upon the housetop. He, he, he just he, he states his case and 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 how that he feels so alone and so isolated and troubles all around. But then he comes down in verse 17 and then he begins to talk about the Lord. And when we begin to feel that way or sense that in our own life, we need to pray to the Lord that he would bless our thoughts to be on him. And the psalmist comes in in the middle of this chapter and he says, He will regard, he's described his condition. And you could summarize it that he feels like that he's destitute. A lot of folks that, that feel that way. A lot of folks that are experiencing that right now. But the psalmist says, he says, but he will regard that that's good news. He's saying God will hear. God will care. God will have mercy upon the destitute. You feel destitute. You're in good shape. You're in good company because you've got a description right here that God is going to hear your prayer. He says he'll regard the prayer of the destitute. And he says, and not despise their prayer. He's told us right here that God hears the prayer of the destitute. You feel like you're destitute. You feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're all forsaken. You feel like everybody's against you and all things are against you. You go to the Lord because the Lord's promised that he'll hear your prayer. He says he'll hear the prayer and he'll not despise their prayer. And then he goes on down and it talks about how that God has intervened and delivered. Um, Psalm 103, if you want to write that down, that's a great one. Psalm 146, uh, really, really good. There's, a, there's one in here that um, was especially good. They're all great, but uh, Psalm 146. Praise ye the Lord. 
Now, this one was written for me, probably, maybe you as well, but definitely for me. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. The psalmist says, it's a great desire of mine to sing praises to the Lord. To be able to honor and praise God. We sang the song this morning here in the vineyard of my Lord. I love to live and labor. I love that song and the meaning of the song. It talks about what a blessing it is to be able to live and labor among God's people. That that's a great joy and blessing in life. And here the psalmist says, I'll praise the Lord. He says, I'll praise the Lord as long as I have breath, as long as I have life. Did you know that Sister Perry lived to be 104 and she came to church up until she was 103. I don't think she came when she was 104. But did you know that it was just as sweet to her at 103 as it was when she first started coming here at maybe 40 or 50 or however old she was? The psalmist says, as long as I live, as long as I have breath, I want to praise my God. Look at what he says. He says, I'll sing praises while I have being. Now, here's one for us. Just as a reminder. Put not your trust in princesses. In princes. And then he goes a little bit further. He says, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man. What's he saying right there? Don't put your trust in men. Another place we're taught not to put our our trust in horses and chariots. But he tells us right here, don't you put your trust in men. Don't you put your trust in princesses. And then he goes on down to say, he says, put it not in in the son of man. He says, in whom there is no help. Hmm. think what it's the principle that it's doing is reminding us that for the Christian we're supposed to do all we know to do but no matter we're not to look to men we're to look to the Lord sometimes If we put our trust in men, we get really discouraged along the way. All of Psalm 146 is is good. He ends up and he says, The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. And he turneth the way of the wicked upside down. You think God is not seeing what's going on? I mean... There is a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of ungodliness. And he says, God is seeing it. God knows what's going on. And he says, God who's in control. He says that God turneth the wicked upside down. Now, I can't turn them upside down. But God can. And God will do it at his appointed time. The wicked occasionally 
make some inroads. Psalm chapter 73 highlights that. The wicked live their life and their pleasures of sin. And it looks like they have, as an old southern Texas term, they, they live the life of Riley. I don't know who Riley was, but everything was supposed to be going his way. And it says they don't have hardships, they don't have difficulties, they don't have problems along the way, and it looks like they've got it all figured out. But the psalmist said he hit the fast-forward button and he understood their end. And he said, all of a sudden, my thinking came back right. And he said, I didn't desire their course or their ways or their schemes or their life because I understood their end. The psalmist says here that the Lord will turn the wicked upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God upon O Zion, unto all thy generations. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 54 is a great chapter. Basically, the psalmist, as he goes through, he experienced a lot of the challenges maybe that we experience, but then many, many more. And in the midst of those challenges, he was still able to rejoice in God. He realized when he had the challenges that he didn't have much strength, that he wanted to quit, he wanted to pitch in the towel, he wanted to give up, but he realized that God was his strength. He realized that God was his deliverer and that God was his help. And I tell you that in the day in which we're living, 2020, there are no surprises to God. God's not surprised about what's going on. The wicked, we're told, are going to wax worse and worse. They're not going to just wake up and start getting better. God's not surprised about that. They, the wicked may make a few inroads along the way. But God's in charge of their end. And God turns the wicked upside down. Lord says the vengeance is his. I'm glad God hadn't put me in charge of that. The Lord's in charge. The Lord's our help. The Lord's our strength. And no matter what our challenges are in the days ahead, throughout our life, I mean, really, those of us that have lived some years, if you look back upon your life, could you have ever imagined all the things that you've struggled with throughout life up to this point? These young men, Danny and Michael, uh, Jared and his wife, uh, Grace, they, they haven't experienced it to the extent that those that have been around a long time have. But hasn't God always sustained us? And he says that he's always going to be with us and he'll never forsake us and he'll see us all the way through to the very end. Now, I don't know about you. I think I know a little bit. But for me, that's some good news. It's not going to necessarily make things going on around us a lot better. But it sure is good news in the midst of the challenges that we face 
in this life. God is our very present help in time of trouble. God is our strength. He's our refuge. He's our deliverer. In Him, we should trust. May God bless you.